Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter 6. We're going to read one verse for a text, but we're going to look at several verses this evening. Galatians 6 and 9. Galatians 6 and verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Lamb of God, I love you tonight, and I thank you for the privilege it is to to preach your word, God, and to be what you've called me to be, Lord. And I just want to deliver what you placed upon my heart for this service as we get ready to enter into camp meeting week, Father, knowing, Lord God, that the needs that are going to be here throughout the week are desperate needs, Father God, the representation of these needs, God. We're looking for miracles, looking for so many things, Father, and we know that you're faithful to touch us and to help us and to strengthen us and just minister to the, through the Word tonight. I need your anointing to preach, and each heart needs your anointing to receive. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the honor and the glory for what's going to be accomplished in this house tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In in life, we see here two two words that I want us to 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 pay special attention to in verse nine. Said, "Let us not grow weary in well doing, for in due season, due season." Now, many of us are real big on our time. Everybody likes to have some some me time. Now, I want to talk to you tonight about that, about just title this tonight, My Time. And so, as we go through life, there's all kinds of things that's time-related. And here in these verses that, that sticks out is those two words, due season. There's going to be due dates. We all have due dates in our life. That light bill has a due date. That mortgage, that lease, that rent car payment, truck payment, they all have due dates. And we understand about those due dates and about that bill when it's due, um, that they're, is, they're just that, they're due. There's a time that a bill must be paid, a due date. For each one of you uh, mothers, you looked forward to that due date, and some made it to the due date, some went beyond the due date, but that was the time that they projected that that child would be born. That's a due date. With our bills, there's a grace period. And with the due date, as we said, there's a fluctuation. But we understand that regardless of the fluctuation, regardless of the grace period, there is a time that it's due. So that word due is, is, is very important to us. We understand that that's when the payout comes. And many of us are looking for that, that payout, if you will. When, when will it be due? When is the due? When, when will it come to me? And then the other word that we look at there is season. A season is defined as a period of time which an occurrence takes place. Now, we look at these two things, and we put them together, and we have 
a due season, meaning when is it going to be my season? When is it going to be when this is going to come to pass in my life? We're all looking and trying to figure out when my time is. It's important because I have due dates to meet and seasons to prepare for, and that my time is important to me. So our time is very important. There's times that we we can't afford to to waste time. And he tells us here in these verses, uh, let us not be weary in well-doing. We're spending our time working for the Lord, laboring for the Lord, and, and we none do it for reward. We none do it uh, for what we can get out of it, but we do understand that the time that we spend uh, is important to us because we have due dates. We have expectations. We've got bills to pay. We've got seasons to prepare for, things to work for. In this Christian walk, we have a harvest that is white and it is ready uh, and is looking for us, and we must be prepared for it. Uh, that's for all humanity, that our time is of the utmost importance to us. And none of us here likes it when someone is wasting what we feel is our time. And we, we sit there and we go through it, especially in, if you're in a hurry. You ever been in a hurry and had to run, make a stop? Maybe you're running late for an event and you forgot one thing and you run into the store. And then when you run in the store, there's 10 people in line and, and the guy's flirting with the cashier and, and this guy's trying to dig his change out to pay for his beer and, and you're just, you're, you're, you're trying to get through it. Why is that? Because your time, you've got a, you've got a place to be. You've got things to do, people to see things to take care of uh, our time is important to us we've got to meet these uh, these demands in life and we're trying to get there but in our christian walk we're looking for something even deeper than that we're looking for a season uh, a due season uh, that goes further than a bill being paid it goes further than a child being born it goes further than making it to an appointment on time uh, but in our christian walk each one of us uh, can stay here tonight that as we're in this christian walk Each one of us is waiting on something, is looking for something, is pressing for something, is longing for something, is yearning for something. Everyone that is present under the sound of my voice or listening by the web, they all are wanting and looking and have an expectation of when is my time of victory going to come. Maybe somebody that's sick in their body is saying, when is my time of healing going to come? When is my time? We've talked about restoration for almost two years. When is my time of restoration going to come? And that is important to us. And and we don't want to get weary in well-doing. We want to keep uh, being faithful. We want to keep walking. But in reality, we're ready for victory. Uh, In reality, we're ready for healing. In reality, uh, we're ready for restoration to come. So we begin to play the compare game when we get in those situations sometimes. Uh, We say, when's it going to be my time? Now, we rejoice with others. We love to see somebody else get healed. That's a wonderful thing. We love to see when somebody else's lost loved one gets saved. Uh, but in reality, each one of us, when we see these, when we watch others get theirs, we wonder, when will it be my time? Uh, when will my time come? When will my victory come? When will it happen in my life? And Paul is writing here uh, to the Galatians in these verses, uh, and he goes on through. We're going to look at uh, verses 6 through 10. Galatians 6, 6 through 10. Uh, he says, let him that is taught 
taught in the word, communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall all shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So how many tonight would be honest and say, Pastor, I'm looking for my time. Just wave at me. I'm ready for my time, my time of victory, my time of healing, my time of restoration. I have an expectation that in camp meeting, that's going to be my time. That's when breakthrough is going to happen. That's when I'm going to see my wayward loved one come back to the Lord. That's when I'm going to experience healing in my body. Paul says here, lets us know that it's important that we have an expectation of what God will do in our life. But there's a song that I heard that says, while we are waiting. What are we doing while we're waiting on our time? And Paul says, I understand here very clear, you're waiting for your due season. And he said, hold fast to that, because in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. You can't faint in the waiting. You can't get weary in the well-doing. You can't be like the psalmist in Psalm 72 and say, my feet's about to slip out from under me. I'm just about done. I'm tired of waiting on my time. Too many have got tired of waiting on their time and they've checked out. They've walked away from God. They've gave up on ever seeing victory. They've just assumed this is the way it will always be. Nothing's going to ever change. Everybody else is going to experience victory and I was never intended to experience victory. Let me remind you tonight that you're the apple of his eye. He created you for purpose. He's got a plan for your life. He's got victory for your life. Jesus bore the stripes at Calvary for your healing. Each one of us has a time that's coming, but what will we do while we're waiting? And Paul tells us here, and I just want to go verse by verse tonight of these few verses and see what Paul is not just telling the Galatians, but he's telling us. He says here, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. What is, what is Paul saying here? We're, he's talking to some people who's looking for their, their time, their due season. He says, if you want to see your time come, if you want to see your due season come, he looks at them and repents to them. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth all good things. What are you talking about, Paul? What he's saying here is the one that is taught, the student, the one that is taught the word of God is to share all good things with his teacher. What does that mean? It means that while you're waiting and while you're learning and, and while you're being taught the word, of God that's edifying you, that's strengthening you, uh, that's helping you make it another day, uh, helping you make it another week. When somebody uh, is teaching you uh, to hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering, uh, when somebody is encouraging you in the Word of God and teaching you the Word of God, uh, he said that you need to turn around and share good things uh, with the teacher. What does that mean? Contribute uh, to his or her spiritual and material support. He said, why are you waiting on your time, take care. Take care of the ones that has invested in you 
spiritually. Take care of the one who is pouring into you. And he said, if you'll, you'll do that, he said, you're going to reap. You're going to reap exactly what you sow. So he's telling you here, telling us here to sow into ministry. Not just any ministry. Too many people say, well, I'm sowing into ministry. But, but they, they come to the local church and, and they get fed, but they're, they're sowing and sending money everywhere and support everywhere and praying for everybody else. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Lift up our hands and say, Sunday school teacher, pray for me. Each one of us that sits in a Sunday school class should be praying for our Sunday school teacher. Each one of us that is a, a part of a body of faith, we should be praying uh, for our pastor, our pastor's wife, our pastor's children. Uh, we need to be praying uh, for those who feed us uh, the Word of God. Teach us the Word of God. Communicate the Word of God to us. Uh, and then verse 7, he goes on to tell them this. Uh, he says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He's telling us that we cannot be deceived. He says there in those words, be not deceived, God is not mocked. What he's saying here is God will not allow himself to be ridiculed, nor treated with contempt, nor allow his precepts to be scornfully set aside. He is saying here that God will not allow himself uh, to be placed in a position that he is being uh, mocked, uh, that he is being used as a pawn, uh, that he has been used. You've heard me make this statement plenty of times, using God as a sugar daddy, a give me, give me. Uh, God is not there going to be put in that place. He said, don't be deceived uh, about who God is, uh, what God is doing, uh, what his purpose is. Uh, that would take us back to verse 6. Uh, it has to take us back to what Paul told young Timothy. Uh, he said, hold fast to that you've learned and know who you've learned it from. Uh, you, he said, you've been taught well in the Word of God. Uh, know who God is. Uh, as I said Sunday, you've got to know who you are and whose you are. Uh, and know that God is not going to be mocked. Uh, God is not going to uh, be played with. Uh, he's not going to be carried and, and tormented in the things of of this world. Uh, he says, whatever you sow, uh, is that only, uh, and that only will you reap. Uh, that what you sow into is what you will reap. So we need to know that God is holy. So we begin to sow in holiness. God is righteous. So we begin to sow into his righteousness. We need to be seeking more for the face of God than the hands of God. Too many people are seeking God's hands. What does that mean? What God can give them. But what does he tell us in the Psalms? He said, seek my face. I believe it's Psalms 57 and 7. He said, seek ye my face. You said, Lord, and I said, your face I will seek. And so we need to be seeking after the mind of God, the will of God, the purpose of God. Not just what we can get out of it. Don't be deceived to think uh, that it's all about us and all about our um, the things, the material things that we need, and God will supply our needs. And, and, he, and Paul is just verifying what he said in verse 6. He's saying that the minister that teaches in the Word of God, they don't have anything to worry about because God is putting in the heart of those that he teaches to turn around and to give back and to support and to help that one. So he's saying here that we be not deceived. God is not mocked. So we cannot afford to have this deception that's going on that says this is, this is God. God. This is what God is doing in our day. No, it's not. 
When we see all these people running around saying, God's doing a new thing, and God's doing this, and God's doing that, take the blueprint. Line it up to it. Say, that don't line up with the Word of God. God's not doing that. I'm not going to be deceived by that. My pastor, when I was a teenager, he used to say it all the time. I'm so glad I got saved before I got deceived. And, you know, if we're not careful, he said if it would be possible, he would deceive the very elect. So we've got to be sober, and we've got to be vigilant, and we've got to be very aware. He said when this one's coming saying, I am the Christ, and this one's coming saying, I am Christ, he said many will come saying they're Christ in the last days. We're living in that time. We've had some that literally came out and said they were Jesus, that said they were Christ, and people followed after them, believe it or not. But there's also those that come under the, the light. And, and come under the, the what if, if we didn't know any better, uh, if we didn't have any discernment at all, we'd fall for their traps to say, this is what Christ is doing in our day. Uh, this is what's happening. God's right in the middle of this. Uh, and we know God's not within a hundred miles of it because we've read the Word. We're not deceived. God's not going to be mocked. God's not playing that kind of role. And then we go on to verse 8. He says this, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth For the one who sows to his flesh, what he's saying here, meaning to his Sinful capacity, his worldliness, his disgraceful impulses. When we give in to those things, there's no other expectation but this, that that's what we're going to reap. He said that if we'll, we begin to put all of our focus on sinful capacities, on what we want in this world, all of these impulses of the flesh. Anybody know anything about impulses? Of the flesh. We hear a lot about impulse buying and impulse this and impulse that. Well, Paul's saying here when that's all our focus is, is what the flesh wants to give me, give, I call it the toddler mentality. Mine, mine, mine. What, 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 will, what is for me? What is, belongs to me? Paul said we're making a great mistake when our sowing is to the flesh. And it's always about the flesh. When it's always about me. When it's always uh, about what I want. Uh, and always uh, there what I'm focusing on. What's going to make me feel better. Uh, it's catering to those senses. We want to feel good. That's understandable. Uh, that we want to have that feeling of everything is okay. And everything is alright. Uh, and what Paul is telling us here. He said, when you're sowing to that, uh, when you're always trying to look after the flesh, he said, that's what you're going to reap. Uh, the flesh is corruption. Uh, he said, you're going to reap the ruin and the destruction of that. But the one who sows to the Spirit, he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So he's saying on the flip side of that, the one who puts his focus on spiritual things. Uh, when we do what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, and seek first the kingdom of God uh, and His righteousness, uh, and make it about His Spirit, uh, and seeking His will, and knowing all things work together uh, when we put the Spirit first. Uh, he said when we begin to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He said all of these 
these things. The flesh is taken care of, and it's taken care of with God supplying our needs, holy and righteous, not with corruption, not with impulses, but according to the will of God. So when we begin to sow to the Spirit, we will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Not just eternal life to come, but the joys of knowing I'm bound for that city. See, it's not always the destination. I think too many times as Christians uh, we're so focused on the destination that we're forgetting about the journey. I love to sing that song. It's a grand and glorious feeling just to be a child of God. Oh, I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to all things that heaven beholds and what a grand and glorious day that it's going to be there. But understanding something, if our only hope was that, if our only hope was to know that we just, that one day when it's all said and done, I'm going to make it to heaven, we're missing out on the journey. We're missing out on the benefits of living a holy life, of living a righteous life, of of reaping the things of God, uh, to know that the benefits of good living, uh, to know the benefits of living right. It's a wonderful thing to pillow your head at night uh, and know that you haven't gone out uh, and caused discord among the brethren, that you haven't uh, gone out uh, and hurt someone purposely, uh, that you haven't gone out and just indulged in all the things that you wanted to do uh, and did everything that you wanted to do it has to be a hard life to be a selfish person always focused on me 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 it's a joyful thing to know that you got compassion in your heart for someone else i don't know about you but i love the feeling that you get when you're able to help somebody else i just love to to know that someone has been blessed and someone has been touched. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm a softy, but I, I just love to, to see stories of somebody else's success. To, I, I love to, to just see when someone does good to somebody else. I may be the only person that ever gets teary-eyed while watching Undercover Boss, but I love to watch the end of Undercover Boss. When that man comes out of his high horse, or that woman comes out of her corner office, and she comes down there and she works among the people, and she sees or he sees the reality of what people put up with on a daily basis, and they said, man, I never saw that in that manner. I never understood what others were going through. Why? Because they were catering to the flesh. They were flying on their private jets and doing what they wanted to do. But when they took time to come down to where those people were at and hearing their stories and knowing that people go through struggles and hardships Uh, everybody's going through something so we should be kind to everyone and how do we do that Uh, by sowing to the spirit saying lord what would you have me to do what would you have me to give who would you lead me to help Uh, who would you help me to be a light to he said if you do that you're reaping Uh, when you begin to sow into somebody else's life by being led by the spirit uh, he said you're going to reap eternal life not just for you but possibly for them as well. And believe me, it can get wearisome. Living according to God's Word and His will opposes what this flesh wants to do. Usually when you get up and and, and want to do good. Paul shares this in, in Romans chapter 7. He says there's this, this war going on in my members. 
said, I want to do good, but then again, I don't. I'm paraphrasing, putting it in my words. He said, when I try to do good, evil is present with me. That old man, that old man says, I'm just tired of doing good. I'm tired of being the nice guy. I'm tired of people taking advantage of my niceness. Everybody, anybody ever feel that way? I'm tired of any, everybody taking advantage of where I'm at. And, and, he, and Paul understood this. So he wrote the next verse. Let's look at the next verse. Verse 9, which is our text. Let us not be weary in well-doing. You know what Paul's telling us? Well-doing will make you weary. Well-doing will wear you out. Because we're living in a world that's so hateful. We're living in a world that's so dark. We're living in a world that's, that seems to be missing out so much. He's saying more here than let us not be weary, but he's telling us don't get discouraged in doing good. Don't get discouraged in doing right. Don't get discouraged when you've been faithful and it seems like uh, it's not getting you anywhere. Uh, because remember, we're looking for our due season. We're looking for my time. Uh, and we're, it's not while we're doing these things, but, but we expect that somewhere along the line that there's going to be something, that there's more to it than uh, just the end of the road. There's more to it than when I die, I'm going to heaven. Uh, knowing that God gives a just reward to those uh, that sow uh, to the flesh. Yes, there going to reap the corruption of the flesh but those that sow to the spirit and we've been sowing to the spirit not just because we're looking for the reward but because we want God's perfect will in our lives I want to be doing not what I want to do but what God wants me to do but even when we're doing what God wants us to do Paul is telling us here I know that that gets tiresome I know that that gets discouraged and knowing that there's hardships that come with that he said but don't grow weary or become discouraged in doing good for at the proper time in that due season see the problem is we don't know when the proper time is we don't know when the due season is Every one of us knows when the due date is for that bill that is due. Every one of us knows those due dates that we deal with in flesh. But the problem is on the spiritual side, we don't know when that due season is. We're looking for my time, but we don't know when my time is going to be. We don't know when God is going to bring it to pass. But He said if we'll just continue to wait upon the Lord. He said, if we do not give up, he said, we shall reap if we faint not. If we do not give up. Too many people are giving up. I, I shared with you last Wednesday night, one more round. One more round. Somebody's got to go one more round. There's some tonight that you're getting discouraged and doing good. and You say, I don't even want to go one more step, much less one more round. But Paul's encouraging us, saying, I know that you get tired. I know that you get weary. I know that sleepless nights spent in prayer are, are tough. It's tough on the flesh. It's tough on the mental side of us. It's even tough in our spiritual man. But he said, if we'll just hold fast, hold on to it, I know that in due season we're going to see the results. And then verse 10. 
as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all, all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, Paul, we're waiting on our time. We're waiting on our due season. I'm waiting for my time of victory to come. Paul says, I understand that. But while we as believers are waiting, let's take advantage of the opportunity that we have to know that somebody else is waiting on their time. Why do we lay hands on the sick? Because they're looking for their time to be healed. And we have an obligation and we have an opportunity. We know what it is to wait on our time. Many of us tonight, we've said that, I'm waiting on my healing, I'm waiting on my victory, I'm waiting on my breakthrough, my restoration. Uh, But how many here tonight can say you've experienced healing at some point in life? You know what it's like to be healed, right? So when you have an opportunity to see someone else be healed, when they come to you and they say, pray for me, uh, even in your discouragement, even in your weariness, even in your tiredness, uh, even that you've said, man, I've, I've helped everybody, uh, and you're about to close up shop for the night, and someone comes by. Uh, I think of that man that is there, and he's put his children down uh, for the night, and there's a knock on his door, uh, and the man's saying, I need bread. Uh, and he's saying, I've already put my kids down for the night, uh, and it's midnight and uh, it's going to take a lot of effort on my part uh, but something happens in that man's life. Uh, Brother Thornton put it this way many years ago. Uh, He said because of his importunity uh, God gave him an opportunity. uh, That God will turn your importunity uh, into opportunity. Uh, And what was that? That man knocking on the door had an importunity uh, but the man on the other side of the door uh, had an opportunity. Uh, Why you're waiting on your blessing Paul says uh, if you have the opportunity uh, in your waiting uh, in your longing for your due season waiting for your blessing to come uh, he said bottled up inside of you uh, is an opportunity to be a blessing Oh, isn't it amazing to know that while you're waiting on a miracle uh, God gives you an opportunity to be a miracle That while you're waiting on a blessing, uh, God gives you an opportunity to be a blessing. Uh, Too many people get caught up in the mully grubs and woes and me uh, and waiting on their time that they miss the opportunity. Uh, He said, while as individual believers we have the opportunity, uh, he said, let us do good to all people. All people. Black people, red people, white people, pretty people, ugly people. Short people, tall people, skinny people, fat people. He said it don't matter. Saved people, lost people, all people. He said let's do good to all of them. Let us do good to all of them. How can I do good to all people? Well, there's some simple things that we can do to be good to all people. There there is something uh, that you can do uh, that is very simple uh, that is being good to someone else. When you go to walk into uh, an establishment and you see somebody coming up behind you that you grab the door and hold it open for them. I have found that that blows people's mind. I had a lady earlier today. I guess she thought I was trying to get to the door before her and get in there before her. But I was running to grab the door to hold it open for her. And when she walked in, she went, oh, thank you. 
My kids walked into a restaurant. They were just, they were small. And it was one of those restaurants that's got two doors. You walk in and there's a little foyer and then there's another door. Well, one of my kids had one door and the other kid ran and got the other door. And these people came in. And they were just floored that kids were doing that. But we told, teach our kids to do good to everybody. They didn't know those people. They didn't, it wasn't that we told them that when we go out in public, when we go to the restaurant, you hold the door open for people so they can go in. No, they just seen dad do it enough. They seen mom do it enough uh, that they realize uh, that it's just good to be good to other people, that it's just a good thing uh, to do for other people. Uh, does that mean that we always expect somebody to hold the door open for us? Uh, don't wait on it. Don't expect it. It don't mean that it's going to happen. But while you have the opportunity, uh, why not do good, Paul's saying. He's saying especially uh, doing good, not only just being helpful, uh, but also doing that which promotes their spiritual well-being. Uh, so doing more than holding the door open for somebody. Uh, when have you prayed for somebody? When have you asked somebody about their soul's condition? When's the last time that you just let somebody know, hey, I've been praying for you? Or when's the last time you just prayed for them and didn't even have to tell them? You just did it. He's saying, be a blessing. He said, especially be a blessing to those who are of the household of faith. What does that mean? The ones that you're surrounded by. Born again believers. Many times we say, I'm close to my family, but a lot of times we're closer to our church family than we are our actual family. Why is that? Because we want to be a blessing to one another. We want to do good to those of the household of faith. We want to do good to our brothers and our sisters. We, we never want to, to hurt or tear down or break down. We always want to build up and we all want to edify. And, and I love what the psalmist said, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How is that? Why does that take place? Uh, it's because we're seeking uh, to do good one for another. So Paul says, every opportunity that you get, do good to all men. How many of us are looking for our time? I'm waiting for my healing. I'm waiting for my victory. I'm waiting for my restoration. But how many of us are taking advantage of that opportunity, even in our waiting? It may not all be good for me, but I'm going to do good for somebody else. I, I, I just call it the, the mama mentality. There, there's been those that's, that's raised poor, uh, and you know, I've heard the stories of those that were raised poor and said came supper time uh, and food was running short and all of a sudden mama wasn't as hungry as she thought she was. Why? Because she was doing good to those children. And, and we realize that, that we have that opportunity uh, to be a help to someone else, uh, to be a good neighbor, to be a good friend, to be a brother or a sister. Uh, Paul is saying, I understand you're waiting. Uh, he said, you will reap in due season. Your due season's coming. Your time is coming. Uh, your breakthrough is coming. Your victory's coming. Uh, you're going to shout a gig before too long. You're going to run a lap. Uh, you're going to have a Pentecostal blessing. You're going to have an outpouring. Uh, you're going to have a breakthrough. Uh, you're going to experience healing. Uh, but our focus cannot always be uh, when's it going to happen but he said while you're waiting uh, take advantage of every opportunity that you have uh, to invest in someone else how many of us tonight can say there's been somebody who's invested in me spiritually or there's been maybe there's been somebody who's invested in you materially 
I know that I've had to have help over the years. There's been times there, there's nothing worse than having to ask for help. And sometimes it gets too heavy. Sometimes you've got to have somebody grab the other end of this thing. Help me out. But there's been those that's come up beside us. There's been those that's been a blessing, that's had a word in due season. Have you ever just had anybody do that? Just There's no way they could have known what you were going through or what you were facing, but they have been praying. And they didn't make a show of it, but they just let you know what God was revealing to them about your situation. Just a word in due season. Just a right on time word. I, I, I love that. I love those moments. But I also want to be that one that has a word in due season for somebody else. But if we're so caught up in our own physical, fleshly circumstances and situations, our own problems and our own, our own waiting, I've just, I'm so tired and waiting, we'll miss opportunities. We're looking, we're waiting for a blessing that we miss opportunities to be a blessing. And then we make it really a wrong approach, a wrong view, a wrong perspective. Because we know that if we're in His hand, that He's got us. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, I think that we really got to get to a place that we stop always looking for a way out. Seems like we're all, we always want to get out. I need to get out of this. I, I, I don't want to be here. But what if God wants you there? What if that's the season that God wants you? What if, what if God wants you to get soaking wet? He, if He wanted you to have an umbrella, He'd have gave you an umbrella. He wants you to get soaking wet. He wanted you to get caught in the midst of that storm because so you would know the disciples as they're there in the middle of the storm. Don't you know that God knew they were going to go through the storm? But He wanted to teach them a lesson in that storm that you don't have to worry about the storm because you've got the peace speaker on board. You have to understand uh, that there's sometimes that we just not uh, have to get out of it, uh, not pull me out of it, but we got to go through it. Paul said in another place that, that God with the temptation, pe- many people use those verses uh, about that temptation to say, well, God won't put no more on me than what can I can handle. Well, I don't know where they read that. He said he's not going to put more on us than what we can bear, not what we can handle. Because there's been times I've had more on me than what I could handle. But do you know that you can bear more than you can handle? You can bear more than you think you can. See, what we can handle is what we think that we can do. We think. Have you ever thought something was impossible to only find that it wasn't impossible? I saw a picture of a, a young boy the other day, and, and uh, man, he was just kicking and screaming. He thought he was drowning, but somebody finally told him to stand up. And the water was just about to his ankles or his knees. Uh, it's all about perspective. We say, I can't handle this. It's impossible. There's no way. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, have you ever been on a high dive and you think, man, I can't do it, and then you do it. Uh, so we think it's impossible. We say, I can't handle this. I can't go through this. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm going uh, to lose my mind. I only know uh, that if you were willing to bear it, if you was willing to hold on, if you was willing to, to just hold on to the profession of your faith, uh, if you was willing just to stand uh, 
in what God has called you to do. And, and just going back, go back one verse to verse 9 to our text. Uh, and know that if we will uh, not grow weary in well-doing for in due season we'll reap if we faint not. Uh, we feel like we're about to pass out because we can't handle no more. God says, let me tell you something. You can bear it. You can handle it. You can go through every bit of it. But also in that verse, he said, but with the temptation, he will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. God says there's a way out, but you're not getting out until you go through it. Right? There is a way out. When we're looking for a way out, I, I th- see that word way, and I remember that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're looking for a way out, remember who the door is. Who's the door? Jesus. He's the door. To every question that we have, I guarantee you, uh, somebody said about the school of Christ, just any question in the school of Christ, just put Jesus and you'll get it right. Because Jesus is the answer to everything. And so when we're looking for a way out, quit looking for the way out and just look for Jesus. Quit trying to find, run to that door and that door and that door. No, He is the door. And He says that I will give you the strength. Oh, that you could feel like that you're out of there, but you're still in the midst of it. And you know that when we've been in those circumstances and those situations and we've come and the Lord's helped us and we just had a peace come over us, but the circumstance did not change. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I felt overwhelmed, thought it was impossible. This is horrible. Then God touched and moved in my spirit. Nothing changed with the circumstance, but my perspective on it changed. And I wasn't looking. See, Peter could tell you something about that. He said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come unto you. And he's walking on the water. But then he gets his eyes off Jesus. He says, oh, there's a wave. Felt the wind blow. And what did he do? He sunk. Got to keep our focus on Jesus. Either when we're going through the storm or whatever we're doing. He gives us all of these things to do while we're waiting on our time. And in closing tonight, some of my favorite verses. 1 Corinthians, my favorite verse I should say. One of my favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. He said, therefore my beloved brethren. Now you're waiting, Right? You're waiting on something. You're waiting on your victory. You're waiting on your, your breakthrough. You're waiting on your healing. He said, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Too many people just want to, to sit down with their arms crossed and say, I'm tired. And I'm just going to sit here and wait. I'm just going to sit here and wait. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Well, I'm waiting. All of us know that you can't just go and sit there on your couch and wait for a paycheck to show up. Right? You can't just, because before long you ain't going to have a couch. Or a house for that couch to be in. So we've got to be steadfast. We've got to be unmovable. And we've got to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. We want to see God's hand move. Let's be God's hand moving. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. 
We should be the hand of God reaching out instead of always looking for a hand to reach out to us. So Paul's saying, while you're waiting, while you're waiting on your time, here's what you do. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abound. And keep working for the Lord because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We don't do it for the income. We're not in it for that. But we do expect that there's going to be a great outcome. And that outcome is going to be my time. That outcome is going to be your time. We've got to get so to the place that we are so excited about another person experiencing their due season, their time, as we are about our time. We should rejoice just as much when our brothers and our sisters get their victory and their breakthrough as if it was our very own. We've got to learn to cheer one another on. We've got to learn to encourage one another. Because what Paul is telling us here is, listen, we're all waiting for our time. We're all going through some stuff. We're all waiting for our due season. Not every, not one of us can say everything is perfect, hunky-dory, great and grand in my life right now. But what does that mean? That means each one of us have an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. This is what I want to leave you with. Could it be that while we're waiting on our time that God's going to use us to bring somebody else's time to pass? That God's going to use us to be that breakthrough in somebody else's life. So therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's amazing to me how you can be waiting for a word from the Lord for yourself and God speaks through you to somebody else. Of course, we, we love that. And then we get in that private time, we're like, well, Lord, what about, what about my? What about my answer? Right? What about what I've been praying about? And we, we get that way. But he, Paul tells us and reminds us here, don't get weary in that. Don't get weary in the fact that God used you to be a blessing to somebody else. And the devil will say, well, God's withholding your blessing. No, he's not. You will reap in due season. Just don't faint. Just don't give in. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Will you stand with me tonight? We're looking for my time. And I'm, I'm expecting that camp meeting is going to be filled with a bunch of due seasons a bunch of due seasons that each one of us is going to reach our time of blessing our time of victory our time of healing our time of breakthrough i'm just expecting in camp meeting that each one in this envelope is going to get their time their time for no it is acceptable time that today is the day of salvation I believe, I'm believing, expecting some of them to walk through this door and fall across this altar and, and some of them be saved by the time they got here because they already used a steering wheel, a couch, a bedside, a stump. You're going to get that call and say, I got saved. Relationships are going to be restored. Families will be restored. Bodies will be restored. If, if we don't believe that, I've said it before, if we don't believe that, we need to just lock the doors, turn off the lights. Tell the Baptist you can have this building back because we're not accomplishing anything here anyway. We've got to have that expectation. He still saves. He still does. He still heals. We believe. We believe. I have listed all 14 articles of our Declaration of Faith on our church Facebook page. I've got the Declaration of Faith there, and we've gone one by one. I believe that the final one has come up yesterday or today. So right there is what we believe. 
one article after another. And if we can't hold fast to the profession of that faith without wavering, we're in trouble. So we may be weary tonight. We may be tired. Let's pray right here as we enter into camp meeting. Lord, give us a strength that's not our own. Whatever you want to accomplish in camp meeting 2021, Lord, I'm asking you to accomplish it through me. I want you to do it through me. My desire in in camp meeting is I've got two or three ministers already here and they're doing the ministering and I'm usually just trying to glean from it and get what I can out of it. But in this camp meeting, I'm saying, God, if there's somebody that's looking for their time and their due season, needing a blessing, any way I can, every opportunity I have in this coming week, through camp meeting, through our daily living, Lord, use me for your glory. How many of us will take our focus off of our due season and say, I know my time's going to come, but while I'm waiting, Lord, use me. Use me for somebody else's time to come to because I know what it feels like to hurt while you're waiting. I know what it feels like to have my body racked with pain and need a healing. So, Lord, I'm praying for others that their due season will come as well. Father, Help us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounded in your work. Nothing we do for the kingdom is in vain. Everything that we do is important. Every prayer that we pray, all the faith that we put in, all the commitment that we give, all the sacrifice, all the obedience, it's worth it. Let us never think that it's not worth it. Let us not in our weariness, let us not when the enemy tries to bring discouragement, help us to never forget that we're in it not for the income but for the outcome and the outcome is going to be wonderful not just for us but Paul said for all those who love his appearing so help us to be good to all people especially to our brothers and sisters in the faith Lord as we gather around these altars tonight help us to draw the strength that we need in this camp meeting week to be a blessing to someone who desperately needs a blessing we ask it in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Can we gather around these altars and let's just get fueled up for camp meeting? Say, Lord, help me to be a blessing. Take advantage of every opportunity. Help me not to miss an opportunity to be a blessing in this coming week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.